This is Marcus from Bulletproof Messenger, and you're listening to the wait. What did you say? Brutal what? <laughs> That's excellent. Brutally, Brutally delicious. delicious. I love that fucking name. I'm looking at this right now. <laughs> This is Marcus Clayman from Bulletproof Messenger, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How about you, Bruce? I'm doing you're well. You're Bruce, right? Yes, correct. You're uh, from Long Island? Yes, sir. What part? Because I grew Born up and in, raised, actually. Yeah, me too. I grew up in Limbrook uh, and lived in Valley Stream for a long, long time. Where are you at? Yeah, my my wife's from Limbrook. Uh, she, I grew up in uh, Hicksville. Okay. So I, was, I was born in um, Southampton and grew up in Hicksville. Yeah. Interesting. So I, yeah, I did, I've been kind of all over the place in my later years, but I'm back there now. I, I live in a house I grew up in right now. So. Oh, really? I dated. Yeah. This is totally off the subject, yeah. but. I actually dated a girl that lived right behind Holy Trinity High School off of, off of uh, Hicks. Uh, what yeah. was that? Newbridge Road. Yeah. Off of Newbridge Road. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, man. So let's see. Yeah, we, yeah we I know can, that area. Yeah. Is, uh, is Long Island, I've been out for a long time, but is Long Island starting to open up at all? It really never closed down. Like, I mean, because people say New York was like shut down. It was really talking right. about the city. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it's still shut down a little bit. I mean, like, you know, the dining capacities were limited, but like uh, most of the restaurants didn't really shut down. They were just like limited capacity. You had to wear your mask when you walked through the door to the table, but then like, you know, um, and they put like plexiglass partitions everywhere. So it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't closed down, but it was just, you know, like less, way less capacity. So it wasn't that bad, but um, it still sucks that these businesses have to limit themselves, you know? Yeah. What about shows? Any shows yet or? Um, I haven't seen much, but there's really, I mean, New York city is like where like most of that happens. And I, honestly, I, I'm not sure about the city. I, I know long Island, like the show scenes have been kind of dead for a while now. And one of the clubs, one of the biggest ones near me, um, is shut down like, like a year or two ago. And, uh, so they're not doing anything or actually maybe they shut down during the, the COVID thing, but, um, the hell are they called uh they've changed names so many times over the years i can't remember the name of it the last name it was like ollie's point um revolution i think was the, the oh yeah out in right. amityville yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah revolution i think was the last one i get yeah. up there every once in a while and catch shows here and there well haven't in a while now but yeah anyway yeah I mean, so let's talk about tough. yeah let's talk about bulletproof messenger for those not familiar with the band can you give us the two sentence boardroom pitch well i I think of it as a uh, hard hitting rock music with melodic vocals and then like, uh, you know, an air of ambience from uh, electronic production stuff. So we, we, we draw a lot of our uh, influences from many different uh, you know areas, We're mostly guitar driven, but lots of uh, lots of different influences in there. Okay. So I know I was doing some research on it and I know that your new single, The Divide, has been out about a month and a half or so in there. What's been the response to that so far? So far, it's been really good. It's 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 been kind of hard to judge in a way. I mean, like we judge based on uh, YouTube views and Spotify right now because that's the main way. I mean, you can't really play shows for anybody right now, and right. Um, and we haven't released anything in over ten years if you've if you've read any of our yeah. our stuff. But uh, but I, I think like you know the fans that I still think there's a lot of fans that we've had over the years that don't even realize we've released new music because it's 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 hard to even get that 
word out these days because Facebook's not organic anymore. None of these social media sites, you have to like right. pay to advertise a lot of the stuff to the organic reach. And even that's like not everybody. So right. um, I think we'll leave until social media and kind of droves too. So it's like, what, what do you, what are you seeing? So I think uh, to me, Spotify is the best, uh, the best, I guess, uh, gauge for it. And um, we've got a uh, 55,000 plays in less than three months. So, oh, so that's pretty, that's good. pretty yeah. good. I think. Um, yeah, so uh, that's our main main gauge to it. But YouTube's doing pretty well too. Um, we've, we're slowly like releasing more and more YouTube videos. It's hard for us to release an actual video because uh, we're all in different places. But um, you know, we're we're trying to find ways to take more advantage of that. So we got a lyric video coming out soon. Um, and so over the course of the three months, we're just going to keep releasing content focused around the uh, the tracks. But it's I, I think it's doing really well, especially since we haven't released it in ten years. And, right. Um, but we had a pretty pretty good fan base, I think. Uh, small one, but loyal. So, what know. was it like trying um, to? What was it like? I guess a multi, I guess answer question. But first, what was the catalyst for getting yourselves back together? And two, what was it like when you finally came back together and started writing the music? Was it just like getting on a bike again, or was it a little different? Yeah, I, we we've been trying to write songs for. We have, we have weird history. I mean, I'm in the military, so like I, I've deployed twice in this band since we oh, wow. we started. Right, and it's been that's been like what i think mainly has caused us issues as far as like momentum because i also i think a lot of, everybody contributes but like i think i'm the one that like starts the writing process and gets everybody going on it and uh like when i'm not around to do that sometimes it's harder for everybody to, to be self-starters on, on that respect and i'm not trying to like be respectfully of the guys at all by any means but um that's that's kind of like what i see is has, has happened um and over the past few years like you know, we've all, we all have our other different careers that we're working on. We're all like our mid twenties when we started this band and now like I'm 39. So, right. uh, we're all about the same age. <laughs> so we're in that weird portion of our lives. I just got married. Um, but Congrats. with COVID, I think COVID helped us in a lot of ways, but we, we started, we've always been passing songs back and forth. And, uh, but I'm probably one of the guys in the band that's like serious about the music industry. I'm, I'm I have my own studio. Um, you know, I, I my, after my last deployment, I just ripped out my whole basement and rebuilt it and uh built around the studio yes. are we expecting marcus uh is he coming he's right here i'm gonna let him in yeah let him in i didn't want to interrupt you but yeah here he is sorry you can carry on so yeah after you deployment you tore up your studio you said yeah i tore up the studio and then uh so we were i mean we i i just like you know, I, I felt like I wasn't getting more any responses from the guys when I was writing songs. Like everybody was like kind of had their own interests. So, uh, their own interests, Marcus. <laughs> hey, Marcus, how, how are you? Uh, how are you doing, Bruce? Sorry, I'm doing well. No, that's all good. good. Work you doing what's all right? All? Yeah, what's up, Marcus? Where We're are just you talking about how, uh, how what, what, what created a catalyst to bring us back together, right? And oh. writing it again, I guess. Well, um, please continue. <laughs> so it was up to the point where uh i kind of give him a background of like you know why we weren't like around each other a lot and then so uh you know i think it was a stupid thing but like uh you know i so i i just kept writing songs and writing songs and i just wanted to write songs and i was like well whatever they're not interested they're not interested and then um i, I was sending marcus songs a lot too and he wasn't responding i was like what the, what the hell's going on um so i figured he just kind of got sick of me it's just kind of a stupid story here but uh we ended up um I'm, we i was working with this other band out in pennsylvania and uh he lives in the city so i was i came back to the city and uh 
you know, ended up contacting these guys for drinks and he actually responded uh, through another friend. That's why. And then we got around the table. I've had like 30 songs written instrumentally. And uh, we started talking like, why the hell have you like not ta- been talking to me? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, I text you all the time. And then found out that our phones just weren't communicating. And <laughs> so for the last couple of years, I think this is probably what caused our, our biggest issues. But um, we might have connected a little bit sooner. But it's also kind of interesting because maybe not because I now I've got I'm sitting at the table with this guy and I got like 30 songs written uh, <laughs> instrumentally. And I'm showing it to him one by one. He's like, this song's awesome. This song's awesome. This song's awesome. So we fixed our phone issue. And then like a month later or a couple of weeks later, they shut down the world. And, and uh, like, we didn't know how serious this thing was going to be, but he came out to me and uh, into my studio. And like, we just, you know, it was a catalyst. We just started writing song after song. So now we've got like 10 um, mostly written songs that are going to be pushed out over the next, uh, year year and a half and hopefully more because i mean we want to keep going with it we want to keep writing and just never stop so um you know this is we're just kind of figuring out how to operate again if that makes sense yeah so two things again so first was it did you guys click right away again was it like riding a bike and two are you gonna (laughs) are you gonna follow that that new model i guess in the music business of like singles once a month or singles every couple months instead of a full length or how does that work well, I'll let Marcus address your first question, but I'll start with the second one. I think uh, the the model is something I've been pushing in the band a lot more because I, I follow a lot of different dudes in the industry, um, and you know, I, a lot of my friends are, are you know producers and and uh, you know work former worked at labels and things like that, and it, that's like the way I think the way the industry is going right now, and um, because every song's got to be like good enough to be listenable. Uh, there's no like room for album cuts anymore. It's not like all right, I can just put this one out. Um, so every single's got to have some focus and every single's got to have a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of things around it. I, I think that the song is like just the first part of being in the band. Like right now being in a band is like, um, you know, people have to believe in like who you are as a person because it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like they, the song only has so much, uh, like lasting power. So like you have to create all this stuff around the song. You have to create a music video. Usually you have to create, um, you know, like look at, look at, I hate to bring this up, but like little Nas X, like the dude, like, just pushed that one song so hard and it like blew up eventually. But like, it was so much shit created around this one song. It was like, you know, it was like different videos, different ideas and everything. And that's, that's kind of an extreme version of it. But, um, but I think doing one song every so often allows you to, to get yourself out in front. Like you just push more stuff with that song, just release something every, every week and dribble it out because that will cut through the, like there's so much stuff on the internet right now that it's hard to even cut through anything. And I still yeah. think, like I said before, we, we probably haven't reached most of our organic fan base. Like they probably don't know we're, we're releasing songs again. So, um, but so if we were just to release an album right now, like out of nowhere, it'd be like, all right. And it would go unnoticed cause it'd be covered by all the extra stuff in the, in the internet again, um, like right away. But now that we're releasing the song or uh, let's just say it's an album over the span of a year, that gives everybody a year to catch on that we're releasing stuff. And it also gives us an opportunity to create more content around it and right. makes it a bigger event um, by having a lot more small events around each song. Yeah. I think that, I think it makes sense that way to me, you know, it's a different it's world, but I think that's of, the way it has to go. It definitely. Yeah. And in terms of how we got along, I mean, I grew up with these guys. I literally, we've been together since you know, 2003. So having to like disbarred, let's say after, 12 years together and spend, you know, four or five, six years away from each other. The second we were at the table at the bar again, it's just like nothing's changed. We've I mean, been in poor, poor situations and millions of rehearsal situations. Right. Also living together at several points in our lives. So 
it was yeah. like nothing has changed immediately. And the guy that was with us was was our DJ. And I've never really had problems communicating with that guy in terms of just texting and talking about girls and life and right. ball and our bass player. We would still go camping and things like that. So we've always stayed in close touch. But it wasn't until he stirred it up with the new music that things really got fired up. And right happening when COVID hit, it was such – it was good – lethargic energy like sitting on the balcony and listening to new music and be able to write lyrics and he already had some constructive melodies together which is super useful yeah. and it just like honestly it was better than it was when we were in full force because there was always arguments or we were working directly with large producers that you know don't bore us get to the chorus only right. produce singles and we were really stuck in that mentality and that is what drove us away from each other when you can't write together and not that writing is the funnest part recording surely is not the funnest part live shows were, were always the most fun but especially when you're being told by you know someone with multiple grammys you know these are filler songs these are filler songs i need right. i need don't bore us get the chorus singles and we just weren't that we were just writing to write and we loved writing and i think now we're kind of working backwards where we're in the same mentality like we've got a triage situation of he's got 30 songs five six ten of them are fantastic where do we even start let's start with the lowest hanging fruit the catchiest things possible release one kind of see what happens and that one that we release has been more popular than our song with millions of plays literally so things that just pop off real quick our member base apparently is still interested even after 10 years so it really stirred us up to figure out how do we do this smart no one wants to sit unless you're lady gaga or some shit listen to a full fucking album they want to hear, what are you doing right now? Stir me up with some social commentation, like engage with me, then release something else. And that's what we're trying to stagger this. But to Val's point, I mean, we're all working, right? And I can't wait to get back to his basement, which he's not at now. He's in a hotel, God knows where, right now. Detroit. Thinking, where are you? I'm in Detroit right now. <laughs> See, I have yeah. no idea where the fuck he is from one day to another. He's right. flying around all over the place as a social influencer nowadays. <laughs> but literally we woke up out of this coma i want to say quite literally to a verified twitter account thirty thousand followers after 10 years makes right. no sense so we're very excited about this year i can't wait to write more with vol but we've got a backlog of songs i still can't wait to freaking release we're so close to putting out new stuff and if we ever get to play live again praise god i hope so um, that would be the the uh, the the end all be all. But it's kind of like stage, quite honestly. That it's kind of like you woke up in Oz, though, right? Because the whole world, you wake up and yeah, it's completely not what you thought it was ten years ago. You couldn't even have imagined this, dude. We barely had cell phones. We we're touring in London and Canada. We had fucking reel to reel. Like I had to yeah. just develop them at CVS. Nowadays, <laughs> we can literally go on our cell phones, release a song, talk to ten thousand fans the end if we want to literally advertise ourselves right. right so go out buy media on facebook buy media on instagram and drive people even if they're our own people which we have to pay for nowadays which makes no sense right you can grow yourself quite organically or just put some of your band money aside and actually grow without the use of a label without going into debt these are different times it's much more conducive to you know, the, the, the songs speak for themselves, right? You get them in the right hands. People like them, right? Blow the fuck up. Hopefully, Hopefully. I would love to stop working in marketing. I'm sure Val would not like to stop flying around and going to Detroit. 
We'll get you out of that one day, man. You're almost <laughs> retired anyways. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You're putting your 20 years. Did you go through the oh, whole uh, military? Yeah. Uh, military. Yeah. Career. His yeah. old military background was the initial stopgap, to be quite honest. That's what he was in saying. Terms of, you know, we released, yeah, releasing two albums and having to go through that whole spiel and missing Volley when we're going through these ridiculous shows and not having him. And we need to find our drummer in the middle of some foreign country. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that story. This is probably a PC program, but it, it is not. And I'd love to hear it. If you've got time, I got, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I have 10 minutes till the next one. If you could get it in, I'd love to hear it. So <laughs> funny enough. And I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with spinal tap where drummers sure. kind of come and go and die and, horrible self-combusting you know, right ours seemed to go <laughs> ours <laughs> seemed to go and disappear in random countries uh searching for drugs and uh disappearing before very large shows where we're being paid and flown to foreign countries to perform and we don't know where this person is and when val was not involved in this unfortunately we had to literally go out in a cab in the middle of soho london which i've never been before and hunt this guy down finding him in route to an ATM that is empty with very questionable guys behind him uh, looking for money. <laughs> nice. You're nice. Yeah. I just want to interject that this is not our current drummer because our current drummer is not our current drummer. <laughs> our current uh, drummer is fantastic. A lovely human being. A guy so straight edge. Being. Very straight edge. <laughs> also wasn't breaking Benjamin and ridiculous bands. We were just at his house literally in October uh, watching old Breaking Benjamin video- videos and seeing all his platinum albums on the wall. Yeah. And it, it kind of put thing in pers- put th- puts things in perspective, coming from our very humble beginnings and now working with, you know, the giant producers I was talking about and drummers that I would only dream to ever work with that look up to us. Never had that situation before. Mostly when we were touring with big bands like Incubus or someone like that, uh, we were always like the fledgling kids, like following their <laughs> footsteps, you know. Sure. Let us smoke weed on your tour bus. Please come to our after parties. Like that right. kind of stuff. So now having them as sort of, you know, not similar or parallel, but having them in our band, literally kind of mind blowing. Right. What do you guys have planned? I know you're obviously all over the place, but is there any sort of live streaming events or fan events or that sort of thing in, in the works? Or do you just wait till the world opens up and hit the road? We're, we're slowly building our footprint and seeing what this looks like. I mean, because there's different involvement from different guys in the band right now. And uh, like Marcus and I have been kind of leading the charge. And uh, I, we're, we're all establishing different roles. It's almost like reestablishing different roles in this band. But um, I, I started doing a Twitch thing with a few different musicians. So I'd like to build some some bit of like an online presence there, like, you know, doing maybe some acoustic stuff with Marcus to start off. And then I've got I mean, I've got the ability to do a full live stream with the band from my house if I can get everybody in the same spot. So it'll just time will tell with that one. Um, But we're slowly building up those different areas and seeing what we're strong at and and what uh, what might need to just fall by the wayside for now. Um, But we yeah, I mean, if we can get out and and play some shows eventually, that'd be great. But uh, we're not just going to play to play. I mean, we all like have our own. Um, it, it's gonna have to be some like good, good, uh, good scenarios, you know, because like we can, like I said before, like the Long Island scene is kind of dead right now. It's hard to find places to play. The biggest place I know of after Revolution shut down is Broadway, and it's like a small bar. Um, I mean, nothing wrong with that, but like I, I think we're all, at least I can speak for myself, at the point in my life that I just don't want to play for like ten people in a bar is, and try to. Is Mulcahy's not there or whatever that used to be called? Oh, you know Mulcahy's. I'm from Limbro. Yeah, he's from Long Island. Originally. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's our hometown. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. So- we opened for Fuel there a few years ago, but they, uh, yeah, they. Uh, it's hard to get on bills there because they don't really like you know as as much of a following we have like all over the place is scattered. So like nobody knows who we are on Long Island for the most right. part. And then like to, I, I mean, we might be able to bring some bodies through the door because we haven't played in ten years there. But uh, right. it, it's it's traditionally tough to get on a bill in Mulcahy's. And if we did, I'd I like to look on like you know opening for some bigger act that we'd fit with right. and, uh, and and hopefully you know, try to capitalize on things that way. Um, I miss you know, the, I miss the old, five yeah. to 10 people. I miss the old days there. I'm yeah. probably dating myself. I'm probably about 10 years older than you, but I remember growing up on long Island and we had, um, well, Lamore was the place, but there was also February's. Do you guys remember that place out on, uh, in Elmont? I remember Lamore. I don't remember February's though. And then out on the Island, February's had, is Franklin square, Franklin square, Elmont. And it was on Hampstead turnpike there. Yeah. It was like a smaller end. And then okay. we also had spit, which used to be out on in Levittown, right? Where the, where the tri-county flea market is or was or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a little bit before my time. When I was, we were coming up, we played at the downtown a few times. Uh, remember yeah. that place? No. So that's after me, I guess. Oh, it might crossing past that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah. Now it's a Croxley's ale house yeah. in, in uh, Farmingdale, but like they had like huge battle of bands. Well, it was like, um, so every Tuesday night was a battle of bands. It'd be like, people out the door signing up like like hundreds of bands like right. not even like joking because they'd start sign ups at like 7 p.m you get there and then it would be uh like like it would take you just an hour just to sign up and then like they would start everybody gets two songs there's a back line you know so everybody mm-hmm. like get ready to set up get play two songs then like people won like opening slots for like bigger bands like by doing that or right. cash prizes or you know radio play that it was such a great catalyst in the area, and then that place kind of shut down. There was really wasn't really much after that. I mean, they had the crazy donkey for a while. Crazy donkey shut yeah. down. You know, all these music venues that like yeah, that had so much fun at, man. local bands are like a lot of these local bands are really good too. But now it's like there's a huge gap between those shows, those 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 venues that'll like that just bars now, and then like you know the yeah. bigger venues that are really kind of cool that um, you know. Right. It's only national support and, you know, uh, you got to have management to get on it and whatever. I don't know what the, what the key is, you know, but that's, that's stuff what we're interested in trying to figure out where to, sure. you know, how to get into that level of stuff because uh, I mean, it will definitely lead to that, right? You get the plays and the millions of bullshit and the Spotify and the YouTube and things come from that. And I'm perfectly fine living in the digital world because we didn't even have that before. Like no way to promote shows digitally or social, no way to really show, hey, we've got millions of plays or something like that to give you like carte blanche. So hopefully we can just build this whole brand up again. And quite literally, it's, I feel like bigger than it was when we were actually doing things, which is still so messed up to think about the uphill battle. So I've only got like five minutes, but you guys are pretty much starting from the ground up again though, right? Because new worlds, 10 years later, everybody's got new lives. So it's pretty much almost from the ground up, isn't it? We logged into our Twitter for the first time in 10 years and it was verified by Twitter with people on it. We put out a song on Spotify that got 50,000 views in literally less than a month and there's 30,000 followers. So it's, I still feel like we were starting in a better position, but to your point, relative to some bigger bands, it's, it's small time. Like you, we have to engage with these thousands of people and put out more music right. and grow to the millions of followers and then you could really go out and do some damage. Yeah. So that's, I don't feel like we're starting from zero, but we are starting from a lower bar. It's just right. still a higher bar than Mulcahy's, you know, going <laughs> right. around touring with big bands and going home and opening up in front of 30 people. Right. That was our lives before. Yeah. 
And that was the business. 8,000 to 30. <laughs> I don't yeah, know literally. what I don't know what's going to happen in the, when uh, tours get open here either. It's going to be kind of uh, I don't know. It's going to be weird, right? Because promoters are going to have to be careful how they book because everyone's going to rush to the gates and there's going to be only so much money. And I, I don't yeah. know. I can't wait to see how it Fucking all pans Limp out. Biscuits going out again. You see yeah. that the Limp Biscuit yeah. tour next year. <laughs> Every, like, all, these, all the old school guys are going to be killing it. I know it's going to be weird, but anyway, I've got to go. That's all I've got. Um, stay in touch. Thank you for taking the time. Yes, sir. Yeah. With everything, my friends. Be well. Right. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Very nice meeting you, Bruce. Thanks. Thank you. Pleasure, bye bye. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.